We are recording today on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Coast Salish and Kwakwakiwak peoples, including Tsleil-Waututh, Squamish, Musqueam, and Comox First Nations. Hello and welcome to Love to Sew. I'm Helen, the designer behind Helen's Closet Patterns and Cedar Quilt Co. And I'm Caroline, the owner of Blackbird Fabrics. We're two sewing buds who love to sew our own clothes and want to encourage you on your sewing journey too. Join us for today's topic, Sewing for Pets. Helen, how are you? I'm great. How are you? So good. Sorry, I just took a sip of coffee. Yeah, we're actually <laughs> recording a podcast right now. I don't know if you. I know. Knew I'm that. sorry. <laughs> I'm just so happy. I have a candle burning. I have a warm cup of coffee, Oof. and the sun is shining. Ooh. I'm so excited for the day. <laughs> yeah, it is a good day. It's a sunny Sunday. I have plans to go swimming in the ocean later today in my wetsuit. Pretty stoked oh, about that. <laughs> I love that. I have plans to bask in the sunshine in my garden. Oh, wonderful. I'm so excited about today's topic, sewing for pets. Me too. We've been wanting to do this episode for a while, actually, and it's been yes. kicking around in our brains, but we're like, can we do a whole episode about pets? And the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely yes. <laughs> okay, but before we get to the main show, we're going to start today's episode with a listener tip about gathering. Shari wrote, I was talking back to the podcast today. Soluble thread for zigzagging over dental floss, at least for that line of basting stitches near the seam line. Too many people are not aware of this very useful product. I use it anywhere I need to baste, but don't want to or can't pull out the stitches. Test the strength of the one you buy if you're going to pull out for gathering. Don't iron it till you're done. And if you're threading a needle, don't lick the end. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for this tip, Sherry. I didn't even know that water-soluble threads existed, (laughs) to be honest. But it makes total sense. I mean, I know about dissolving stabilizers, things like Wonder Tape and stuff like that. But I never imagined that you could make thread out of that stuff. And we did a little research and found a couple of options that we'll link up for everybody in the show notes. One is called Rinse and Gone, and it's made by Wonder Wonderfill, and the other is Vanish, and it's made by Superior Threads. Wonderfill recommends storing your thread spool and your wound bobbin in a zipped up bag in a dry place. A drop of water could eat through quite a bit of the thread. And when you're ready to dissolve it, you can remove the thread by washing your project on a gentle cycle or by wetting it and brushing the thread with a toothbrush. I would recommend trying out the toothbrush method on a scrap before you do it on your main fabric, just in case. I think this is mostly intended for quilting cottons. And I want to reiterate something that Sherry said, which is don't press over this thread, finger press at the most, because any kind of moisture from your iron will also dissolve it. But Caroline, this totally solves your problem that you're complaining about. (laughs) I know. Thank you so much, Sherry, for coming to the rescue here, because I asked our listeners for tips and you came through. Yes. And I'm totally (laughs) going to try this because I do think that the zigzagging over dental floss or cord method for gathering is faster. It was just that last step of removing the stitches that was hard. So this totally solves that problem. And I can't wait to try it. Yeah, it's so freaking cool too. (laughs) Yeah, come on. I just want to like show everyone that thread can dissolve. It's so cool. (laughs) I mean, I am definitely going to be licking it just to see what happens. (laughs) I can't resist. (laughs) 
like, don't lick that. Don't lick it. <laughs> don't do. Okay, you're going to do it. Right. <laughs> you're going to do it anyway. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> okay, next up, we have a listener question. Sylvie wrote, First, I am a fan of your podcast and I'm learning so much week after week. Here is my question. I'm an apple shape, 44 inch bust and 40 inch waist. I've sewn a Stylark pixie dress that I love, but the front is shorter than the back, probably because of my bust and tummy. Is there a way to correct that? Thank you again. Hi, Sylvie. Thank you so much for listening to the pod and for asking us this question. Okay, so the pixie dress is a loose shift with an A-line shape. It might seem silly to make a full bust adjustment or a full tummy adjustment to a garment that's not super fitted, but it's actually not. It can solve this exact problem. Stylark doesn't provide a high bust measurement, but they do provide a shoulder breadth measurement. And this is the measurement from the bone at the edge of one shoulder across the back and ending at the bone at the edge of the other shoulder. You may need to press into your shoulder to find this bone. But Stylark also recommends adding a finger under the measuring tape for ease. So you're going to choose your size based on your shoulder measurement and check out the bust measurement for that size. If your full bust measurement is larger do a full bust adjustment. And this is going to add extra fabric horizontally and vertically so that the front of your garment is going to be longer. Because the pixie dress doesn't have a fitted waist, and since your waist is smaller than your bust, I don't think you'll need to make a full tummy adjustment to this pattern, but give this a try and see if it solves that issue. Mm, Yes, great tip. Okay, are we ready to get into the show, Caroline? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited, Helen. We love our fur babies and sewing things for them is great because it's an easy win. Whipping up something cute for your pets, a great way to take a break from complicated garment sewing. Yes, it can also use up scraps. Lots of the projects we're going to talk about today only use a little bit of fabric. And bonus, you can use your garment sewing scraps and you can match your pet. Ooh, I love that. Oh my gosh, I love this too. It's also a great way to show the world that your pet is the main character. Who else (laughs) has a custom collar and leash at the dog park? Nobody. That's who. (laughs) I don't know. In Vancouver, Like statistically, (laughs) quite a few people probably. (laughs) Okay, it is a total crossover of two of our favorite obsessions, sewing and our pets or our fur babies as we're calling them today. (laughs) So in this episode, we're going to go over a bunch of projects that you can make for your dogs, cats, birds, reptiles and rodents. I'm going to be honest, this episode is 99% about dogs and cats. But if you have goats or something, you might find a few ideas that you could adapt. And we do have one project that works for the birds and the rodents. Plus, we have lots of tips for making your project safe, practical, and comfy for your animal BFFs. Shout out to any of our listeners who have goats. Do you think any of our listeners have goats? Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Email us if you do. I want to I wanna know about your goats. <laughs> okay, before we get into the projects we're going to talk about today, I think we should introduce our pets to our listeners. Yeah. A formal introduction. <laughs> okay, Caroline, tell me about your two pets. Okay, so I have a dog named Pepper. She actually just turned five this week. And I also have a cat named Frady. He's 12. He's approximately 12. We don't have his exact age, but when we got him, he was around three. We like to call them roommates, like they're good roommates. They're not necessarily (laughs) friends, but they do care for each other. (laughs) 
<laughs> once in a while we'll catch them kind of close to each other on the couch but yes they they do respect each other a lot and cohabitate really well pepper is uh, about 40 pounds. How, how much detail can I go into here? I mean, please I feel like, describe like a dating Pepper. profile. Yeah. Pepper <laughs> is a medium sized dog. She's about 40 pounds. She's very fit. <laughs> she's. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, people always comment on how like muscular or like lean mm. she is. She's a lab border collie cross. So she has short hair. She's white with black spots. And obviously, she's very cute, but I'm biased. I just think she's the sweetest, <laughs> most adorable dog in the world. She's super smart. She doesn't love eating, which is a weird quirk of pepper. It takes a lot for us to get her to eat, but that's just, you know, it's who she is. We love her yeah. for it. But she loves running around at the park and playing fetch. She <laughs> loves cuddling and sleeping in her bed. Yeah. That's Pepper. That's Pepper for you. That's my intro to Pepper. (laughs) (laughs) I just love this description. Like, my dog loves the park and sleeping. She's named Pepper because she has like pepper, little pepper spots all over her. Yeah. Mostly white with little black spots. Yeah. Yeah. She's so cute. And I would say she has strong whippet vibes. Like, she's quite slim for a lab Mm -hmm. border collie. Like, she has, she's very lean looking or like a greyhound almost. Yeah. She runs really fast at the park when she's chasing her ball. She like loves to like sprint and we're always like wow she's so fast yeah (laughs) that's so fun okay so frady is about the polar opposite of pepper he is (laughs) so he's a fluffy orange cat some might say slightly overweight he's a little bit lumpy but we love him just the same he loves food oh my god he loves food he needs a snack every hour or else he will just (laughs) wail at you. And him and Shay have a very special relationship. They cuddle all the time. He loves to just be like attached to Shay at the hip basically all night long. He loves his treats. He loves catnip. What cat doesn't love catnip? He's not very active. He sleeps a lot. He has pretty long hair. He's like very, very floofy. He's very floofy and... He is a beautiful cat. Yeah. My mom yeah. always says he looks like Garfield. But I don't, I don't <laughs> he know. He does kind of. Yeah. He is gorgeous. <laughs> He's probably one of the most beautiful cats I know personally. Like, no offense yeah. to all my other friends' cats, but <laughs> <laughs> Freddy's up there. <laughs> Yeah. And I think I've told the story of Freddy on the show before, but he was definitely meant to be our cat. And maybe I'll talk about it another time. But yeah, he was my neighbor's cat. And then he was our cat because it was meant to be. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it just works out. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Tell me all about sweet, sweet Emma. You know how much I love Emma. (laughs) Emma's so sweet. Okay. My dog is Emma. She's a Rottweiler. She's about 80 pounds, which is pretty small for a Rottweiler, actually. The the male Rottweilers tend to be about like 120, 130 pounds. Oh my God. And the females are typically smaller. And so she is smaller. People often think she's a puppy. She has big puppy energy, even though Aww. she's almost seven. But people are always shocked when we tell them that she's seven. She's so, so cute. She has that classic Rottweiler coloring, the black and the brown. And it's like almost like luminous, that like deep, rich brown that's just Mm -hmm. so beautiful. She loves to eat. She lives to eat. All she thinks about (laughs) is food. She'll eat pretty much anything. She's good, though. She doesn't beg for food or like try to get stuff off the table or counter or anything. But if you have something in your hand, like a treat for her, like laser focus. Mm -hmm. And if you throw it in the air, she'll do 
acrobatics to get the treat. But if you throw a ball, she will literally just sit there and like stare into your eyes while the ball hits her in the face. And she'll just like (laughs) pretend the ball doesn't exist. Like she has absolutely no interest in toys. Can't get her to fetch to save my life. Like she's the most boring dog to go to the park with because she just stands there. (laughs) And yeah, she loves to eat and she loves to cuddle. She's a big cuddler. Mm. She'll just like curl up next to us on the couch and fall asleep. And I love that about her. She's so soft. So we spend a lot of time on the couch together. And she's been such a great dog. We got her when she was about three and she came very well trained. So I'm super grateful to her original owner who ended up having to get rid of her because her she had another Rottweiler in her house and they were not getting along. Emma is mm-hmm. a single dog only mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of dog. She doesn't care for other dogs much. So she rehomed her to us and I'm so grateful. She trained her so well and she's such a great dog. So I just feel so lucky to have her. And our our puppers have met before a couple yeah. times and they actually get along fairly well. They do. Yeah. I would yeah. say that Pepper is one of Emma's favorite dogs. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Again, she doesn't like very many dogs. So <laughs> the bar is pretty low. But, <laughs> but she does get along with Pepper. They are able to like coexist in the house together. So that's totally. great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We have some pretty cute pictures of them together over the last few years. So I'll try to dig some of those up maybe and post yeah, them on Instagram totally. this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, Caroline, have you ever sewn anything for Pepper? I have. I not a ton, and I definitely have some dream projects that we'll we'll talk about. But I have made <laughs> Pepper a cover for one of her dog beds. It's like a quilted cover that was like, you know, those Costco beds that you can get, like the big circle ones, the giant pillows. I think you have one for Emma too. It was, yeah, it it needed to be replaced. So I I did that. That one's super cute. I've definitely made her bandanas over the year. Like I love making her a matching bandana to something that I make with my scraps and then we can match. So love that. And she looks so cute in a bandana. She really does. Really suits her. And I also, she has this like outdoor kind of raised bed that comes with like a frame and it broke over the years it kind of ripped so I've I replaced that which I think counts as a sewing project for Pepper but it was really easy and straightforward to do but yeah I definitely have dream projects like I really want to make Pepper a jacket but like I want to make it next time I make a coat I want to like make her a matching coat like yeah possibly the closet core pattern because I think it's really cute so that would be Oh, just total dreams. Another dream I have is to make a sling for Frady because like I said earlier, Frady is always attached to Shay. Like in the evenings, Shay will pick him up and kind of like hold him like a baby, like on his side. Like he'll kind of, one arm is like <laughs> holding Frady and Frady sort of like clings to his shoulders and just yeah. will just stay attached to Shay for like literal hours. Like he just wants <laughs> to be in Shay's beard basically. Yeah. (laughs) So I feel like one of those baby slings would work so well because then Shay could have his hands free. (laughs) Yeah. And Frady could just be attached to him and they would just both be really happy. So this is actually, I think, an easy project that I could do. I don't even think there would be much sewing involved, especially if I did the like wrap style. True. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm dreaming about making that for Shay and Frady. I think they would love it. Yeah, that sounds really cute. Yeah. What about you, Helen? 
I have not sewn anything for Emma yet, but we do put bandanas on her a lot. And I was at the fabric store recently and they had bandana fabric. You can buy it like on the bolt and it's basically just like a square of bandana and all these different colors. And then you can just get them to like cut you a square of it. And then all you have to do is hem it. So I bought some because I had this really beautiful blue color and I was just intrigued by it as a fun little project. So I was going to make a bandana for Emma for the summer and a matching one for Sam. I got two. (laughs) Is it all different colors on one length of fabric or did they have different bolts of different colors? It was different bolts of different colors. Yeah. And then they cut you just a square. Yeah, they can cut you just a square or two. I got two squares and it's like narrower. It's kind of like interfacing with like, I mean, it's the width of a bandana basically. So it's a narrower piece of fabric. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I'd never seen that before and I was just intrigued. So I bought some. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, Emma looks so cute in a bandana. We often have a bandana on her. And then I would love to make her a raincoat. We have a raincoat for her from a company called Roughwear, I think is the name and it's really great and it rains so much here so when we take her out in the pouring rain it's nice to cover her up a bit so she doesn't get soaking wet she doesn't really like being wet she's not a swimmer and if she's out in the rain and she's getting wet she'll just like shake the entire walk like she's trying to like get the rain off of her (laughs) so the rain jacket actually helps a lot she really likes it and I think I would like to make her another one because the one we have is just a little bit too small I feel like I could tweak it Mm -hmm. and make it fit her even better and get a little bit more cover Yeah. And then the other thing we have for her that we use a lot is a drying coat. So after we get in from the rain, especially in the wintertime, we'll like wrap her up in this sort of like towel coat so that she can like warm up. She probably doesn't even care. It's like more for my benefit because I think it looks adorable and it makes me feel good to like put this little towel coat on her when she's all wet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like you're caring for her. I'm sure she appreciates it. (laughs) She seems to. She always just, I mean, she doesn't really care about wearing clothes. Like you put it on her and she's sort of like, whatever. So I think she would happily wear like a full costume. I don't think she would care at all. (laughs) (laughs) Pepper does not like full costumes. (laughs) I once dressed Pepper up as a pizza like a piece of pizza. She was not into it. She, she lasted approximately 20 minutes. Oh my gosh. Like, you yeah, look so- sad. <laughs> she, Emma doesn't like having stuff on her face or head, mm-hmm. which is pretty typical for a lot of dogs. But yeah. if you put something on her body, she's like, she just doesn't even seem to notice, you know? <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. I forgot to mention how much Pepper loves swimming. Um, oh yeah. Earlier. She loves swimming. You so. should make her a bathing suit. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> One piece, a one. blackbird fabric swim. <laughs> oh my gosh, she does have a life jacket that she wears. I don't know oh that I gosh. could make a life jacket, but yes. Okay, now I definitely want to make Pepper. A life <laughs> so unnecessary. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, so cute. So cute. Okay. <laughs> our goal today is not to torture our pets. No, but. absolutely not. Well, <laughs> to find things that we can both love. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of these things are really useful too. So let's get yeah. into the, some of these projects. Yeah. Collars are a good place to start. You can use cute fabrics and even embellishments for a custom look. You can even make a whole wardrobe of collars for your pets. So you have collars to choose from. And we have a few considerations for you when you're making a DIY collar. Yeah, collars need some hardware. So to make them adjustable, you'll need a slider. We definitely recommend making your collars adjustable because then they'll still be usable and comfortable if your pet's neck measurements change. Generally, it's recommended that you be able to slide 
two fingers under the collar, but you shouldn't have to force your fingers under. Your fingers should be snugly held against your pet's neck. If you have a small pet, you can change the rule to one finger. And if you have a large pet, you change the rule to three fingers. So keep that in mind when you're sort of sizing up your collar. In addition to the slider, you'll need a buckle. For dogs, you can use a regular buckle that's not going to pull apart when you pull on it. But for cats, it's better to use a breakaway buckle, also known as a quick release buckle. This is a buckle that can be pulled apart with force. Cats love to get themselves into sticky situations by leaping, climbing, and crawling. Our assistant Lisa's cat can wiggle herself through a three-inch gap under a door. That is absolutely wild. But breakaway (laughs) buckles ensure that cats don't hurt themselves if their collars get caught in something. And the last piece of hardware that you'll need is a D-ring. This is where you'll attach your leash and ID tag. You can find collar hardware sets on Etsy and other online shops. You could also buy the pieces separately. For small pets, plastic hardware is nice because it's lighter in weight, but larger pets can handle metal hardware or heavy-duty plastic hardware. Another way to get hardware is to harvest it from an old collar. Oh, that's really smart. I'm laughing because I'm thinking about Emma's collar and her neck is bigger than her head. So it's impossible for us to like keep the collar on her super well. Like she can always just get right oh, out of it. Wow. So we walk her with a harness so that we have yeah. something more stable to attach it to. But she's so <laughs> strong. Like I do not think I could make a collar or a harness out of just fabric yeah. that would actually work. But Elaine of Patchwork and Poodles actually bought a new collar and then customized it. So she bought the collar from Dollar Tree, took it apart, and then covered the nylon webbing with quilting cotton and then sewed it back together. And it turned out so cute. And the nylon webbing inside the fabric would make it super strong and durable. You're basically just recovering a proper collar. So mm-hmm. if you're like me and you have a strong dog, <laughs> yeah, you might want to consider doing that. <laughs> Pepper's so dainty, she would never like break a collar. <laughs> I could totally see Emma like just running oh, and yeah. pure muscle. Yeah. Oh my gosh. When you said her neck is bigger than her head. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so true. Oh my gosh. Okay. See Kate So has a free pattern for making a collar in sizes from extra, extra small to extra large. And she used the cutest rose gold hardware to make the samples. She didn't use any interfacing, but I think for a large or extra large dog, it would be a good idea to interface it. That or use webbing and just cover it like in the other tutorial. Yeah, totally. And fabric wise here, I think you can go with light or medium weight wovens for most collars. Quilting cotton is great because it's washable. Medium weight comes in all those cute prints. If you're using a lightweight fabric, you might want to interface it to give it more heft and strength. For a larger collar, you could go heavier like canvas or denim could look really nice. And again, if you want extra strength and security, you can use that nylon webbing and then cover it with the fabric. And in that case, no interfacing would be needed. Yes. And you can embellish your collar. This is a great time to break out the embroidery stitches on your machine. You could stitch ribbon or a rickrack across the length of the collar. You could even add narrow ruffles to the edges. This would be so cute. Or imagine a custom rhinestone collar. Very glamorous. Just keep any three-dimensional embellishments off the part of the collar that loops through the slider. 
Oh, yeah, smart. (laughs) Okay, leashes are another project that are similar and can look really amazing. The process is pretty much the same as making the collar. You're going to need a bit of hardware. At minimum, you'll want one of those lobster clasps so you can clip the leash to the collar or the harness. It's optional but nice to include a D-ring by the hand loop so you could clip a little poop bag holder onto it if necessary. And just like collars, you can make your leash out of fabric and interfacing, or you can cover some nylon or cotton webbing. For large or strong dogs, I think the webbing option is the best. Just note that cotton webbing is not going to hold its shape as well as nylon webbing, and it won't dry as quickly. Make sure you look for heavy-duty webbing for your big fur buddies. (laughs) (laughs) We like C. Kate So's free dog leash sewing pattern, which we'll link for you in the show notes. You can also make your own harnesses. So we found a couple of good patterns for DIY dog harnesses. Simplicity 9664 is a dog harness and leash pattern that comes in small, medium, and large sizes. It's the kind of harness that looks a bit like a butterfly going over the dog's chest, and it's made of both fabric and webbing rather than just strips of webbing. It's lightly padded and uses four buckles to close. It has a D-ring on the back to clip your leash to. Seems like a great pattern. I was actually looking at Pepper's harness this week and thinking it could use a little upgrade. It's We've been using it for years and maybe I'll make her a harness. I don't know. Yeah, Sounds that cute. would be so cute. I feel like Pepper would look adorable in like a custom print harness or I custom know. color. <laughs> We also found a tutorial for a step-in harness that's made only from webbing. It uses one buckle, two D-rings, two O-rings, and two sliders. And it's by Wag Swag Pet Supplies. Amazing name, by the way. And in this tutorial, they stitch ribbon on top of the webbing. That's a good way to personalize it, even though you're not using fabric, which is pretty cool. And if you already have a harness you like, you can copy it. This is nice if you already know that your dog does well in a certain shape or style. And for harnesses made of fabric, you do have options. For the layer that goes against the dog, choose a tightly woven fabric. Quilting cotton or broadcloth are good choices. Since the bottom layer is tightly woven and therefore functional, you can use a less functional fabric for the top layer, the outer layer. For walking outside on wet days, keep in mind that synthetic fibers and battings will dry faster and hold less water. And then for drier days or climates, natural fibers would be more breathable and they won't hold smells as much. If you would like a harness that you can wipe clean, you could try a waterproof fabric like ripstop nylon. And one more tip about sewing collars, leashes, and harnesses, you're going to want to reinforce your stitches along the parts that will experience the most stress. So for a collar, put an extra row of stitches over the parts where the collar attaches itself to make the loops for the buckles. Make a box X stitch where the leash attaches to itself to make loops for the handle and the clip. A box X stitch looks like a square with an X inside, and it distributes stress over a wider surface area. So it's a lot stronger than a simple row of stitches. We'll link a tutorial for how to do it. It's really popular in gear sewing, actually. I think a box X stitch would also be good for attaching the loop of webbing on a harness where you're supposed to clip your leash because that will have some high stress. Yeah. (laughs) High stress. High stress. (laughs) Before we move on to the next project, a word about cat harnesses. I feel like I can hear the skepticism coming from our (laughs) listeners, but it really is possible to walk cats. Our assistant, Lisa, walks her cat, and here's what she has to say. My cats love 
walks. It takes a bit of time and patience to get a cat used to a harness, but it's totally possible. When I was working with my cat Rilla on it, the first thing I did was put the harness on her without a leash attached inside the house. I left it on for a few minutes and then I took it off and gave her treats. I did this once a day for a few days, leaving it on for a little longer each time. Then I took her outside with it. I made sure to pay attention to what she was communicating. If she indicated she wanted to go back inside, even after a few minutes, I would take her inside. This let her know that she wasn't being forced to do it and made her less nervous. Walking a cat isn't like walking a dog. It's less walking and more exploring and wandering and tasting all the different kinds of grass. Rilla loves going outside so much that I can't even accidentally touch her harness without her getting excited and asking to go out. Now I am the one who has to decide when to go inside because 99% of the time she isn't ready, even after a long outing. Same goes for my partner's cats, which are mine now too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is so cute. I have tried to take Frady out in a harness and he doesn't love it, but it depends on his mood. And sometimes he just like goes out and just lays in the grass and we just sit there with him and it's adorable. Oh, <laughs> that's sweet. I like this advice about acclimatizing your yeah. pet to, I mean, anything that you're trying to get them to get more used to, it makes sense to do it slowly and make sure that they're comfortable. Totally. And there are differences between cat harnesses and dog harnesses. Cat harnesses are like little vests that fit snugly around the cat's body. Anyone who has a cat knows how liquidy they can be. They can easily squirm out of a harness that would be safe on a dog. So make sure yours isn't too loose. Lisa uses an extendable leash so her cats can explore, but she presses the lock button if they're getting too far away or if they're heading for an unsafe area. Her best advice for getting your cat to use a harness and leash is to be patient, let your cat guide you, and make it as fun and relaxed as possible for them. Ooh, thank you so much for sharing your experiences, Lisa. We found a couple of free patterns that you can use to make your own cat harnesses. One is by So So Lovely, and it's a butterfly-shaped vest that closes with Velcro around the chest and ribs. Lisa said this is her preferred kind. We also found a pattern by Mikanus that comes with a video tutorial. That's pretty sweet. Check out our show notes to find the links to the patterns as well as a photo of Lisa's cat Rilla on a walk. Proof that walking cats is possible. (laughs) It can be done. (laughs) Okay, next up, we're going to talk about clothing. Okay, I want to acknowledge first that there are some pets that really do not like wearing clothing and some do. So just know that we aren't advocating forcing pets into uncomfortable situations. But for pets that don't mind or who benefit from wearing clothing for warmth and protection from the elements, it's so fun to dress them up. (laughs) It really is. Mimi and Tara is a sewing pattern company four dogs. They have some great looking patterns, including a collared button up shirt, dog pajamas. They also have some freebies like a simple tank top, a raglan sleeve sweater, and even little dog booties to keep your doggies paws warm on cold weather walks. You can upcycle an old sweater to fit your furry friends. I know the perfect inspo for this. Hand Me Down Hound is a Canadian small business. The owner, Kyle, upcycles sweaters for pets. I love that they keep so many of the details of the original sweaters, ribbing, button plackets, collars, even hoods. If you don't feel like making your own, definitely shop from them. If you do want to make your own, just make sure to use a stretchy stitch like a zigzag to sew your seams. 
And there are a couple of free dog coat patterns from indie companies that look really great. The Closet Core Dog Coat is a freaking adorable quilted coat in 11 sizes, which is a great range. And it looks really well fitted and cozy. It even has darts. Can you imagine this coat with patchwork? Oh, I feel like I need to replace Emma's old drying coat with a new like quilted version. This is such a great coat pattern. This is the one that I'd love to try. I love that it's quilted. I love the way that it wraps all around the body and kind of Velcros on the back. I feel like it would be really comfortable and slightly adjustable depending on your dog's size. So yeah, really into this one. The assembly line pet coat is more of a raincoat intended to be made with waterproof fabric as the top layer. It has a stand-up collar. It comes in three sizes. You can make yourself a matching hoodie poncho so you and your pup can be protected from the elements in style. This is the one that I want to make. I was so excited that Lisa included this link to this raincoat in the show notes. It's so cute. It is so cute. And I think it would fit Emma really well. And the hoodie poncho that goes along with it is also adorable. And And I just happened to have purchased some Blackbird Fabrics rain fabrics when you guys dropped that a couple months ago. So I have the fabrics. I'm pretty much ready to go. We can match. Yes. What colors did you get in those fabrics? I got the like really rich purple color and the like Kelly green because I thought they would look really cute together. And I was like, maybe I'll do some like color blocking or something. Love it. Oh, that would be so cute. Bandanas are a classic of pet fashion. These are one of the best ways of using up garment sewing scraps because then you can match your pet like me. (laughs) And they make amazing gifts for dog owners too. Plus they're pretty much the easiest thing you can make for your pet. So the traditional kind of bandanas are a triangle or square that is hemmed. You can simply tie it around your dog's neck. I think that a triangle is nice because it uses half the fabric, but it gives pretty much the same effect. And there's a really simple tutorial with helpful measurements on canine of mine. (laughs) There's also the kind that slips over the collar. The style sits really nicely without blocking the collar. And there's a tutorial for this on Spoonflower. And for cats, I wouldn't recommend the kind of bandana that ties. Instead, you could slip one over a breakaway collar or just use Velcro as a closure so that again, they can get out of it really quickly. Pet beds are definitely practical. Our dogs and cats love them, but the ones you can buy, at least affordably, aren't very inspiring. I see a lot of gray in the pet so bed much gray. market. So much gray. <laughs> the good news is that you can sew one yourself that matches your decor. So pet beds can be as simple as rectangular cushions, choose a pillow insert, sew a cover, and you're done. Oh, I love that. So for Home has a free pattern for a polished looking pet bed with bolster sides. The genius thing about this is that the bolsters on the sides are not connected at the corners, but they have little ties. And when you tie them up, then they stand up around the edge of the bed. And it's so much easier to sew than a bolster that's connected all the way around. It only comes in one size, but it'd be pretty easy to modify for a bigger pet. Emma loves a like border on a bed. Yeah. She likes like putting her head on like a raised surface. <laughs> I know. And it's so cute, isn't it? Like yeah. when a little dog is like... <sighs> And just like puts their little chin on the edge of the bed. I know. I love it. Like every time she gets on the couch, she makes a point of sitting so that she can like lay her head on a pillow. Yeah. (laughs) You're such a princess. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 
See, Kate So has a tutorial for the cutest cat-shaped cat bed. It's like a little hidey hole with cat ears. I want a cat just to make this project. <laughs> it's so cute. Okay, I'm sorry, but this next one is also adorable. You can make your kitty a little hammock to lay in. I've seen these under side tables or coffee tables, and there's a tutorial for one on Martha Stewart's website that you can reference. And then you could customize it to whatever table size you're using. Just make sure the table you're using is stable enough to handle your cat rolling around in a hammock underneath. <laughs> oh, so cute. Oh my gosh, I want a cat hammock. Come on. So cute. <laughs> I have a hammock in my backyard and the very first time I used it, Emma was like very brave and climbed up into the hammock with me. Oh my gosh. But never again. Like she's never has not since tried to get back up there because she doesn't like unstable surfaces. Uh, I think she was immediately full of regret. <laughs> Same thing with Pepper. Actually, when she was a puppy, the first day we took her home, she fell asleep in my arms when I was in the hammock. And I have pictures of her like kind of sleeping in my little nook in her hammock. But she will absolutely not get in a hammock anymore. No, not interested. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, you can do what Caroline did and make a cover for a pet bed that you already have or even a new one that you buy. A removable cover is great because you can take it off and throw it in the wash. And if it wears out, you only have to replace the cover, not the whole bed. And you can also just trace an old cover, which I believe is what you did, right? Mm -hmm. To get the size right. So handy. It worked great. And sometimes pet beds can be really cheap, you know, so it's faster and easier to just buy one that's already made and recover it than like try to figure out how to get the like filling and batting that you yeah, need true. to make your own. <laughs> if your pet's rough with their bed, you may want to use an extra durable fabric like canvas or denim for your pet bed. I'm using a quilted side for the top, but my edges and my bottom are out of like a really heavyweight cotton canvas, which I think is going to work really well. Cats love fabrics with a super soft pile. An affordable way to get this kind of fabric is to look for soft fleece blankets, especially on sale or at discount stores. And you'll get a lot more for your money than if you bought Minky by the Yard. That's so true. There's always so many fleece blankets at thrift shops and they're often in pretty good condition. People just have a lot of fleece blankets, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that you can make for your pet is a toy. This is a fun, simple, and creative way to use up scraps and delight your pets. And I mean, the stakes are pretty low here. It doesn't have to be perfect. They're probably going to be chewing on it. So <laughs> wouldn't worry too much about it. Stuffies are pretty easy. You can make them in fun shapes and embellish them with embroidery or fabric paint even. It's a good idea to reinforce your seams because pets are not going to be careful with their toys. But that's kind of the point, right? And make sure you're using materials that are safe for your pet to be chewing on. Yeah. And you can put fun things in your stuffies too. Search for squeaker replacement to find squeakers for dog toys. The crunchy sounding stuff in cat toys is called crinkle paper. And you can add catnip to cat toy stuffing or even stuff the whole toy with catnip. Just be careful because if your cat gets in there, they'll go a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that Byra V, he makes little like cat heart catnip toys Aww. and they're made out of felt and then stuffs them with catnip and they just look so cute and they're like fun little projects that you can make. I think that's such a great idea. If your dog eats the stuffing out of toys, just 
don't stuff them. Leah Griffith has a tutorial for a no stuffing bunny that's really adorable. It has more of a two dimensional design. You could use this concept to make a million different kinds of toys without stuffing in them. And then you won't have to worry about your dog's tummy or stuffing all over your place. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Puzzle feeders enrich your pet's life. They engage your pet's instincts for foraging and hunting. One puzzle feeder style we love is the snuffle mat. Snuffle mats are made with long strips of fabric and the strips make a pile that hides pieces of kibble or treats so that your dog or cat has to snuffle through it to get their snacks. And fabrics that won't fray like fleece or knit jersey are good choices for a snuffle mat. Fabrics that fray will turn into a tangle of threads, which defeats the purpose. This is actually a no-sew project, but it's a good way to use your scraps. Helen, you have one of these, don't you? I do. My friend Jen made a snuffle mat for Emma and she loves this thing. Like, I mean, you know, she loves to eat, so no surprises there, but it is so great. Often when we go to the park, what we do is just throw a bunch of kibbles in the grass and then she sniffs for them. And this is essentially that, but in the comfort of our own home. So when we want to give her something to do, entertain her for a little bit, we can just put a bunch of kibbles into the snuffle mat and she absolutely loves it. And Jen made it all out of recycled fleece that she got at the thrift store. And then she she just sort of tied it onto a plastic mat. I'll take some pictures of it. I'll do a little video too, because it's really cute watching Emma get all the kibbles out. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. It's such a great activity to keep a dog busy if they are food motivated. Totally. Slings, we already mentioned, those are a really fun way to carry around smaller pets. They're pretty similar to baby slings, which is kind of hilarious. (laughs) Ashley from My So-Called Crafty Life has a free tutorial for a soft and cozy pet sling. It's kind of like a large crossbody bag with a wide strap. For this pattern or any pattern that has a strap, make sure to use non-stretch woven fabrics because stretch fabrics will distort quickly and the sling will become distorted and potentially unusable. And for a swaddle style carrier, on the other hand, and you will want stretchy knit fabric. Swaddles are basically long, stretchy rectangles of fabric that you can wrap around yourself and tie. It leaves a pocket that holds your pet snugly against your body. Kathy May from Kathy May and Silas has a tutorial for one. She wanted a way to hold her dog hands-free during the difficult parts of hikes. Swaddle to the rescue. Ooh, I love this. <laughs> this is what I want to make for Shay, or I guess it's just really cutting out a piece of fabric, but I feel like Shay swaddling Brady would be the cutest thing ever. It sounds like Brady would love it too. He wouldn't have to cling on so hard. I know, I know. He could just relax. Yeah, exactly. Crate and cage covers are really handy for dogs, birds, and rodents. A basic design has panels that match the measurement of the top of the crate with panels that hang down over the sides. For extra functionality, you can make ties or tabs with snaps that you can roll up one side to keep it up. For extra fanciness, you can make side panels gathered or pleated like curtains. You could also make a variation by sewing three of the sides together and just leaving the front panel free to fold up. Or in the case of birds that need total darkness, you can sew all the sides together and then just slip it over the top of the cage when it's bedtime. And you can make your own poop bag holder. See Kate Sew has a great tutorial for one. It's a little boxy zipper pouch with an opening on one side to feed the bag through, like a tissue box. It has a lobster clasp so you can clip it to your leash or your belt loop and go hands-free. And if you keep it clipped to your leash, you won't have to remember to grab a bag every single time you take the dog out. I love the idea of making a whole matching set, like a collar, leash, poop bag holder, maybe 
maybe even a little treat bag too. Oh, yes, me too. I want to make one of these little bags. And I really like the idea of making a walking pouch or a treat bag. Sam carries a fanny pack when we walk Emma and he keeps all the treats and bags in there. But making a custom one would be such a fun sew. And there's lots of fanny pack or crossbody bag designs out there. You could even use waterproof fabric to make it more weatherproof. And it's just a great way to customize. Maybe not quite sewing for your pet, but it's like sewing for you for your mm-hmm. pet's benefit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Car seat covers are meant to protect the back seat from dog-related yuckiness, shedding, mud, etc. They're basically a big blanket with loops on each side that attach to the headrests. So the blanket covers the whole back area and protects the upholstery. There's a tutorial on sale right for how to make one, but I don't know if you really need it. It's more helpful for visualizing than what it should look like. But they made theirs out of canvas, which is a good choice. It's a sturdy fabric and it comes in a lot of nice prints. But I think pre-quilted fabric would be great too and probably comfier for your pup. I also like this kind of seat cover because it can protect your dog. If you ever have to break really quickly, your dog can like fall in front of the seats if you keep your dog in the back seat. So it kind of protects them from like falling into that area. Obviously, you want also want to try to have your dog wear a like a little leash that attaches them and protects them when you're driving as well, if at all possible. But yeah, this is just that extra, extra security step that you can have. Yeah, we have one of these for Emma and it's great because we take her to the beach and stuff. You really don't want a bunch of sand in your car. Oh yeah, the sand, the amount of sand (laughs) that will accumulate on these things. It's wild. (laughs) Couch covers are another great project you can make to protect your stuff from your pets. And it's a never-ending battle for pet owners. But of course, pets are so worth it. And couch covers are less like slip covers and more like blankets that are shaped to cover the most used parts of the couch or the area where your pet goes the most. Generally, couch covers for pet owners are made of synthetic fabrics. This is because synthetics are relatively stain resistant. And tightly woven microfiber fabrics stand up well to nails and claws. Couch covers for pets also usually have a waterproof layer to protect from potential accidents. PUL or polyurethane laminate fabric is often used in cloth diapers. I think this would be a good choice for a waterproof layer if you want one. And if you want to stay away from synthetics, you could just make a cover from natural fiber fabric or pre-quilted fabric. It would still protect your furniture in most situations. And the best thing about these covers, no matter which fabric you choose, is that you can throw them in the washing machine. Most of the couch covers for pets you can buy are not really that cute. So I think the best thing about DIY it would be making something that you're happy to see every day, something that matches the decor of your home. Clarice from Storybook Woods upcycled a quilt from a big retailer to make hers, and the soft colors fit her cottage style perfectly, just creating a really cozy spot for your pet to lie. I love that. You can make your own pet food placemat. Quilt designer Shannon Fraser made an improv quilted placemat for her cat Pips. She just throws it in with a wash every week. This placemat is seriously cute and she used cat themed fabrics in it. I really need one of these. Frady is such a messy eater. Honestly, (laughs) his food gets everywhere. Yeah, it's nice to contain it. We have Emma's dishes in like one of those plastic shoe mats that you buy at Costco or something, but it's not very cute. I could totally see putting a little quilted insert in there. And like, even though she would get it so messy, it would still be cuter than nothing and super washable. I love that. Yeah. And make a couple of them. You can rotate them out while you wash the other one. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) 
Okay, there you go. 432 things you can sew for your pets. <laughs> okay, we didn't actually count, but there was a lot of ideas in there. And we really want to hear about your pet sewing projects. Obviously, we want to see pictures of your fur babies too. So send them in. We're so ready. <laughs> oh, I'm so ready. <laughs> da, 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 da. That's it for today's episode of Love to Sew. You can find me, Helen, at helensclosetpatterns.com and cedarquiltco.com. And you can find Caroline at blackbirdfabrics.com. We're recording in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. Go to lovetosewpodcast.com to find our show notes. They're filled with links and pictures from this episode. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, leave us a message at one 844 what? That's one 844 or you can send us an email at hello at love to sewpodcast.com. If you love love to sew and want more, especially more chit chat about our pets, you can <laughs> sign up for our Patreon. For $5 a month, you get a full length bonus episode and weekly behind the scenes pictures. For $10 a month, you get all that plus a mini episode focused on sewing techniques and 15% off codes for Helen's Closet and Blackbird Fabrics. Patreon is the best way to support us so we can keep making quality sewing content. Go to patreon.com slash love to sew for more info. Thank you to our amazing podcast team. Lisa Ruiz is our creative assistant. Jordan Moore of the Pod Cabin is our editor. And Margaret Wakely is our transcriber. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. That's like Pepper when she it barks at the neighbors. She really howls, and yeah. she goes like, "Ooh, <laughs> oh my gosh!" And we just laugh at her instead of telling her to stop. We just stand there and laugh. <laughs> it's not very intimidating. No, it's not. <laughs>